Pleased to be joined by Kevin Ives now at AUPPL on Twitter. He is Plainsman Parking Lot. And Kevin, last time we spoke, you were getting ready for a trip to SoCal, and that decidedly did not happen. A, I am sorry about that, and B, I hope you still had a, a enjoyable weekend watching some Auburn baseball. It was still an enjoyable weekend. Yeah, Tuesday they Tuesday was a little bit of a scramble in a whirlwind because we were supposed to fly out on Thursday. And then they made the announcement late Tuesday after the North Alabama game that the series, because the weather was going to get moved from Los Angeles to Auburn, um, you know, you actually have to get credit to all the staff at USC and especially at Auburn for making it happen because um, Auburn could have not played any baseball at all this weekend. I mean, there are a lot of teams that were kind of left stranded. And the weather is still bad out in Southern California. I saw a picture a minute ago of some snow in Pasadena. So. Yeah, USC hopped a, hopped a late flight. They had a midweek game um, on Tuesday, and then they hopped a, um, a late flight and came to the Plains, and Auburn got a series in Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And unfortunately, because of travel curfew and um, them having to catch a flight back, they've got a game um, tomorrow, actually, against Fullerton. Um, the Sunday game ended up in a tie. But overall, it was a solid weekend. Um, you know, yeah, I hate that I wasn't able to go out and experience LA and experience uh, Deneau Field and all um, USC's campus and everything, but we made the best of it, um, and you know, it's just live and, live and learn, just roll with it. Hopefully next time around Auburn goes and makes a trip like that. Hopefully there will not be inclement weather for, I don't know, the entire week. Uh, and uh, exactly. great trips will be able to have uh, be able to happen. But let's talk a little bit about this last week for Auburn baseball. Obviously, it started with a, a nice run rule victory against North Alabama prior to uh, the, the USC series. Really, all week, Auburn's bats were alive. 13 against UNA, 5 against USC, 12, and then 12. Uh, just talk about what you're seeing overall from this lineup and, and anything that might be uh, a little bit surprising overall for this big offensive start. I think just the the offensive start in general, I think, and how hot they are and the fact that um, guys like Ike Irish and Bryson Ware are leading the way in average and, um, and in RBIs, um, I think that's probably the biggest surprise. The fact that the offense is so ahead of schedule at this point and that the pitching has had some struggles, I think it's been a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, and I, but it'll start to even out a little bit. Um, the fact that Auburn is has, you know, is leading um, a lot of offensive categories around the nation, or is in the top five, top ten for a lot of offensive categories, um, and against quality opponents, I think really bodes well for the rest of the season. It's not like it's something where we've kind of um, where Auburn has kind of inflated their stat against um, competition that um, you know might not have put up the biggest challenge, but against Indiana, against USC, against North Alabama, like these have been these are quality games. Um, and Auburn has been just putting up um, some video game numbers. But the only issue right now has been the pitching just has to kind of keep up um, with a lot of these things. But it at least gives you confidence as the pitching staff that you are not out of any game at this point because the lineup does not really have a ton of holes in it. Um, Cooper McMurray really had a really great weekend, and so that kind of secured another spot um, in the lineup. Um, and so Auburn doesn't really have any very many holes, and it, it is kind of just right now figuring out how guys really fit together and how they're going to gel together even more. Kevin, two weeks in a row now, we've seen Auburn give up a ton of runs on Sunday, and you touched on it there. We're not panicking about the pitching yet, but with what's going on, how worried should fans be about the amount of runs you're giving up, especially on those Sunday games? I don't think they should be worried because it's not – It's right now you're still in a situation where you're trying to figure out 
and define roles for every guy on um, in the rotation and on the bullpen and out of the bullpen. And so you're going to have guys that are going to struggle. You're going to have guys that are trying to adjust. They're actually working against live competition, so they're going to have a lot of data that they can then process and that they can use um, and improve on um, later in the year. And honestly, I'd much rather be in the position to where you've kind of struggled a little bit pitching so you know what you can fix and what you can adjust than if you had kind of coasted through these first two weeks and you haven't really seen any of your flaws and you haven't really seen any issues. Because now they're evident. You know that you can fix them. You know you can work on them. And you've got time to work on I mean, Auburn's about to, you know, they've got a game on Wednesday. They're going to start a string about nine games in 12 days. And so there's going to be a lot of arms that are going to be used. There's going to be a lot of guys who are going to get a chance. Um, and so I really think after this big stretch coming up, you're really going to have these roles be more defined um, and really going to have to figure things out. And Auburn was kind of thrown for a loop on Saturday. Joseph Gonzalez didn't make his start because of some shoulder soreness. Um, so that kind of flip-flopped everything and moved everything around. Um, Auburn was able, you know, Christian Holes had a spot start on Saturday um, and really kind of held his own. But the Sunday, Sunday stuff is still a little iffy. Um, and so that's where you're, we really kind of, Auburn really needs to kind of figure some things out. And developing that third guy, developing that Sunday starter that you can really trust and step up and he's going to be your guy is going to give you a lot of confidence when you start getting the SEC play because, you're probably going to get up and get up. You're probably going to end up in a lot more rubber games in the SEC, um, and so that's going to be the difference between where you're seated in Hoover, um, and then you know where if you host a regional or even make a regional. You know those those Sunday games are going to be key. Uh, looking at the offense uh, side of things, yeah, putting up a lot of numbers, a lot of hits, a lot of numbers. But uh, the one guy that everybody's kind of talking about right now is is a freshman, Ike Irish, and on second year in a row, or second week in a row rather that he is the uh, SEC freshman of the week. Just uh, what have you seen from him that uh, makes him such a good hitter? I mean, is he is he disciplined at the plate? Is he just seeing the ball that you know of? I mean, what what are you seeing out of out of this true freshman that is really kind of coming here and taking things by storm? It's it's a lot of it is discipline. A lot of it is the fact that he's able to use the entire field. Um, he's not really a pull hitter, um, and he doesn't really favor one side or the other when he when he hits. Um, he just makes solid contact with everything. I mean, even his um, fouls are like you, you know, he was. You can tell that he was just a little bit away from really connecting on anything. Um, you know, the power is is kind of there a little bit. It's not where um, it's not like Justin Kirby's power numbers where he has five hits and five home runs. Um, but that'll start to start to develop. But that's really not even what Ike needs to do right now. Where he's kind of slotted in that cleanup spot where he's been, you know, either cleanup or third, just getting on base, um, either setting the tail for um, the second inning or, um, you know, being an RBI producer is going to be big for Auburn. And just keeping that average up and keeping that contact, getting on base, um, that's going to be his strength. And that's been his strength so far. Looking at that last game against Southern Cal, a little bit of controversy, um, I guess you could say, there towards the end of that game. Uh, obviously, it ends in a tie due to the con- the time constraints. But, uh, I mean, from y'all's perspective up there uh, on the deck, how, were, how confused were you guys uh, with the run that was called back uh, well, we were, on Southern Cal that where he didn't, we were, apparently didn't touch home plate? We were extra confused. I mean, I didn't see it. I wasn't really – paying attention to the runner's feet. Um, and he, I guess he just kind of skipped over home plate. The coaches saw it. The Auburn coaches saw it. Um, 
got the force out. The guy was already in the dugout. Once you're in the dugout, you can't come back. Um, you know, you're out of the field of play at that point. Um, and that ended up really being the difference in the game because Auburn wasn't able to do anything in the bottom of the ninth. And Auburn really kind of got favored a little bit by being at home in this situation because there was no video review because all the cameras for SEC Network and SEC Network Plus were over at the arena for the women's basketball finale. So wow. there's no video review. you got to trust the umpires in those situations. Um, you know, coaches got the appeal, ended up being the difference. I mean, that's just a wacky thing about baseball. It's, it's where one of the things where you just have to make sure you do the routine and then go through everything. Make sure that, yeah, you you're, you you know you're going to score here, but you've got to make sure you touch home plate. Um, and so those little things, you know, they kind of add up. And um, credit the Auburn coaching staff for noticing it at the time. I don't know if it was the catcher that noticed it um, and signaled it out because I know the umpire wouldn't have said anything. Um, but, yeah, that's – it was kind of weird because we were watching. We thought the run scored, and then we see the meeting on the mound, and then we see the signal for out, and then we just kind of had to listen to the radio a little bit to kind of see what exactly happened. Um, Andy saw it clear as day, apparently, in the in the booth, so um, credit, credit him. Um, and so maybe it, it might have been a situation because, you know, they keep the windows open usually in the uh, radio booth. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if it's a situation you can hear him screaming up there, <laughs> and that may have triggered the, the coaches. Um, but... I don't know. That's just a, a random theory. But Auburn got, you know, Auburn um, got the benefit of it. Um, game in at a tie. And the first tie since like the, um, I think I looked it up, since like the 80s. Auburn tied Ole Miss um, in like 1982 or something. It may have been earlier than that. Ties are very, very rare um, in, in baseball and in college baseball specifically. Yeah, that was going to be my next question there, Kevin, is just that we've gotten so accustomed to ties not being a part of most major sports. They're a huge part of soccer, but other than that, I mean, we've gotten away from ties in just about everything, and it's been that way for a long time. So, like, how do you process a tie? And I I know it's one of, like, 60 games, so it's not necessarily going to be something that that matters a whole lot for a resume or that sort of thing. But Auburn was very close to having a sweep of UFC, and then they they settled for the tie there at the end, and I just wonder how how that gets processed. It won't make a big difference RPI-wise or anything else. I mean, it's going to go with a half win and kind of half loss, but... Um, it's really going to be just kind of decimal points at the very end. Um, if it had been in the SEC play, it would have been a bigger difference. You kind of saw that either last year or the year before last with Missouri having kind of a, a random half game because they ended up getting a tie because of a travel curfew. Um, so if it was in SEC play, it would have made a huge difference when it comes to those standings. But in the non-conference, um, it's not going to make that big a deal. I think for Auburn's sake, Auburn is, is probably more kicking themselves that they weren't able to get the sweep because they had the chances late Sunday at the bottom of the night. You know, had bases loaded with one out and just couldn't get, just couldn't bring that last runner across. So I think there is a little bit of a bitter taste in the on the Auburn side because you had the series, you could have gotten the sweep. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it is not a loss, um, and it is it is just a tie, and it's. Just one thing you'll you'll kind of just be reminded of all year when you see the overall record. You'll always see Auburn sitting there with a tie, and you'll have to think back to what happened. So it'll be a reminder all season, but it won't be something to dwell on. So looking at the week ahead, Auburn's got Florida A&M in the midweek and then a three-game series 
with Lipscomb at Plainsman Park. Talk to us a little bit about this Lipscomb team. I know that they had a pretty good record, I guess, last year, but obviously not going to be uh, as much notoriety with the average fan as some of the teams that Auburn's opened up with. They're a solid team. I mean, and they're a team that that Auburn really can't peg lightly. Um, they already had two series wins. They've got one against Notre Dame. They got one against UNCG. Um, Auburn is familiar with them. They've played them, you know, the last few years, and so um, you know, Lipscomb's going to be tough, and they're going to have really good pitching. Um, that's kind of been their hallmark. Has been kind of been their pitching, and um, Auburn. Auburn's just going to have to find answers amongst themselves to um, to beat the Bisons. They also have a weird nickname. They're not the Bison singular. They're Bisons with an S, um, so that's not a typo if you ever see it. Um, but they're going to be tough, and I think this will be um, – I'm not going to say it's going to be Auburn's toughest test so far this season because I really think Indiana and USC were really quality opponents. It's just another quality opponent that Auburn's going to have to deal with. Um, and it's not one where you can kind of look at the name – and think, oh, okay, well, I've never really heard of this school, so, you know, we can kind of take them lightly. I know the coaches aren't going to do that. Um, I know the players aren't going to do that. So fans need to just be aware. This is a really good team um, that's coming in this weekend. And you saw last year, you know, Auburn, you know, if they're not on their game in these pre-SEC in these um, pre conference weekends, you know, they can come back to bottom. You know, we dropped the series last year to Middle Tennessee, um, you know, and then, that came down to kind of that, that Sunday swing game. And so for Lipscomb, it's it's going to be a big weekend all over on the, on the play. You know, the, the game is 6 o'clock on Friday. It got moved to 4 o'clock on Saturday because of the, the men's game, the men's finale. Um, so that will be a big a big day on Saturday. And then Sunday, you know, another 1 o'clock game. And Auburn just has to do what Auburn has been doing, and that is keeping the offense going. And then work on work on some of the mistakes that they've had on the mound, and I think that's going to end up being the difference in the game, and that's going to what that will be the key to that series. He's Kevin Ives at AUPPL on Twitter. Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated. Looks like a great weather forecast this weekend. We're talking upper 60s, so perfect baseball weather. We appreciate the time, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you, guys.